I know you like that. Alright, what's up everybody? We got the Top Shelf Fantasy Boys here, me and Scotty. We also have guest host of the evening, Derek Creighton, aka Deeks, aka D Money, aka any other nicknames. I don't know. <laughs> D Rock, uh, D Rock, D Rock, D Rock. Uh, this is podcast 148. Today is July 27th. Got some news coming at you. Um, listen, as always, on our website at topshelffantasy.com or really any podcast player out there. Follow us on uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Top Shelf FNTSY. Um, yeah, right now we're coming at you hot with some news. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL as we approach the beginning of training camp and the beginning of the preseason and whatnot. So, I don't know, Scott. Give me the beat, boys. Yeah. So, um, I mean, well, it's first, Derek, Deke, Derek, D Rock. Uh, welcome into your first podcast, which is kind of surprising. I mean, even kind of following us since the beginning this is a almost a 150 podcast so yeah I do mostly on. mostly texting support and and tiebreaker on bets but <laughs> but that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh penny sisters are on vacation now at hershey park uh so they're there all the chocolate oh, going yeah, to amish country yeah sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> um i mean yeah let's get into it the first news Aaron Rodgers reports to camp I know he was I mean I think this is the biggest drama besides Deshaun uh, Watson in the entire offseason so we kind of said too the whole time we thought Rodgers was going to play I don't know why I never did any bets of him actually playing because I think Vegas odds on them when the division went up a massive amount just this morning so um, I mean, he's in camp. I'm not going to talk too much about him in the news. That's going to be a huge segment is him and Deshaun Watson, um, which is the next thing. Deshaun Watson will report to camp. It's more of him not getting fined by the team. I think it's like 50000 each day he yeah. misses or something. Which um, is nuts. I mean, that's like a lot of people's yearly salary. And he's making <laughs> a fine it's, per day. Yeah, <laughs> that's like 50 bucks to us. But yeah, maybe I'll go. Right. But I mean, it's it's good news for, I guess, the Texans and just fantasy that he's actually going to camp. Um, the legal stuff's still there, but as of now, he's not on any exempt list um, uh, with Goodell. So I guess it's progress. It's still a lot of what ifs with his situation and it's still over a month left to, you know, either more to come out or stuff to, you know, get dropped. But Again, that's another segment on this podcast. Um, next news is not as big, but maybe it's bigger now. Anthony Miller traded from the Bears to the Texans. Uh, at first, I didn't really care about it, even having him on a lot of dynasty teams. But with the news of Randall Cobb likely getting traded to the Packers, because bitch-ass Rodgers says he won't play without him, Anthony Miller's a slot guy. He can take over that slot role. I know there's a couple slotted guys there, like Kiki Coutier, uh, Chris Connolly's there. They brought in like 18 slot receivers. So one of those guys is going to have a role there. It's just, who is it going to be? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge question mark that we didn't really care about, uh, like you said, up until Deshaun Watson is now re- reporting and, and, you know, Randall Cobb might be on the way out. But um, other than that, we got the other signing this week. Or, what was this, like last Friday? D.D. Westbrook signs with the Vikings. That's probably considerably more interesting in the sense that he probably has a path to reps like day one, at least as the, you know, the number three guy there. I, I couldn't think of anybody else that's going to really compete with him. Is, is BC Johnson still there? I don't even really know. 
I think yeah, he I is still know. there. He's got to still be there, right? Yeah, I mean, where else yeah. would he go? Who's picking up him um, for anything? I think they got a rookie last year with Jefferson or this year. Again, I don't think it matters. Didi could get that third role, but in a pass, in a run-first offense with a tight end like Irv Smith there, that's versatile. I don't see Didi. I mean, would you guys add him on, like, your last bench spot in a deep dynasty league? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if, he, if he's sitting out there, I'd probably snag him just as a stash, but I don't know what yeah. his, his upside is. If you're, if you're hurting for wide receivers or, like, flex plays and you roll the our psycho 22-man roster and there's not much out there, sure. But in any redraft form where you're, like, 16, 17-man rosters, he's, he shouldn't be on your team. Yeah, definitely not in a redraft, but in Dynasty, I think that you'd still be better off just taking flyers on undrafted rookies and stuff like yeah. that. That's true. He is getting older. He's coming off an ACL, I think, or some sort of knee injury. New new, new team that has so many established veterans in the wide receiver role. You know, yeah. I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to fall in love with D.D. Westbrook and, <laughs> and trying to have Ben Thielen's yeah. going by the wayside. And I don't think when Thielen's gone, D.D., might not not even be there be like all right you know he's the plan when Thielen retires or he's he's done like that that's not the plan right um, and, like, and Didi's a very quiet 27 years old so he's not a spring chicken either oh yeah he took a long time to you know have relevance with the Jags he was hurt a lot of his rookie year he he came t- t- to the league like I think 23 years old or something but yeah. that was like the whole Keelan Cole hit he hit some Marquee game Lee. yeah Marquis <laughs> like it was a it was just a clusterfuck um yeah I wouldn't add him in almost any league especially with like the Texan slot guys I would take a shot on over him uh even Bears receivers now that like I take a shot on uh Damari Bird over D.D. Westbrook I think but yeah again and these are Johnson is still there with Chad Beebe as well so it's like there's a bunch of bums looking for reps yeah Yep. Um, and also in, of course, head coach news, um, Kyle Shanahan says it's it's not a – there's no battle for a quarterback. It's Jimmy G's job and Trey Lance's, uh, you know, back up there. I mean, I think he has to say that to, you know, to not be a dick to Jimmy G, but maybe he's, think- you know, he, he plays week one. I, I believe that, but I, I, I don't think it's a, you know – He's saying Jimmy G is the for sure starter this year, which is probably true, but I think it's a very short leash. If they don't think Trey Lance is like ready to lead that team deep into the playoffs, it's in their best interest to keep Jimmy G happy right now. I mean, this is a this is a win now roster. They're in the Super Bowl a few years ago. They're loaded on offense and defense, getting all their players healthy again. So it's in their best interest to keep Jimmy G healthy and engaged. Yeah, and, and I mean, like you said, healthy is, is the big question mark. Like, if I'm the coach, yeah, I'm going to say, for sure, Jimmy G's our guy because he only need him to play week one until he's hurt in week two, and then Trey Lance can just go in for the injury. Uh, if, if Jimmy G stays healthy, I don't see him playing so badly that he loses the role until, I mean, maybe week eight, week nine, week ten. But, I mean, they, they still have a lot of draft capital invested in Lance, so who knows what they're really thinking. But Jimmy G sitting there happy, healthy teaching Trey Lance what he knows for, you know, for, for the longevity of his career, maybe that's helpful for him. Who, who knows? But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I want to see Trey Lance play like week one, week two, but I don't know that it's in his best interest either. And I've, I've said a lot of times on this podcast, you see like a market difference in these guys that sit for a full year and then play. So maybe that's their long-term plan for him. I mean, 
I don't know, has Kyle Shanahan or the Shanahan had any um, success raising quarterbacks in the NFL? I, I can't think of anybody that he's had like from day one all the way to actually fruition and showing some uh, some contribution in the league that was solely under his tutorship. Yeah, maybe Kirk Cousins. That'd be the only guy I, would, I could think of. Yeah, true. I'd have to look back and see when they uh, when they linked up. Yeah. All right. Next, um, next Drew Locke. Also, great, you know, head coach news again. Drew Locke to get his the first snap as Broncos QB, whatever that means. Is it legit the first snap? Then he's he's <laughs> sitting for like I, I I don't know. Does he hand it off to Melvin Gordon? Just says Gordon Locke. See ya. Oh my god! Imagine <laughs> hand over the reins or snap too. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of like the Jimmy G thing. Like these guys, you aren't drafting in one quarterback league. Because if it's two quarterback leagues, it's probably your um, backup, like your your third stringer. So again, I, I I don't know if Locke's better for the team or Bridgewater. I think they're both kind of lower. That it's going to be the same kind of outcome for Jerry Judy and Colton Sutton unless they yeah, better or worse might be Watson. at the end of the season it might be the difference of three you know fantasy position finishes between between the two of them who knows but I yeah. do like Drew Locke's upside and like you said if you draft him as your third guy in a two QB league if it works out he has tremendous upside from where you can draft him which is probably close to the dead last round versus somebody else that you might have to reach on a bit but Teddy Bridgewater still still serviceable, still a threat. Still keep your eye on him. I don't know that I'm stashing him in any format though. I'm, I mean, super super deep dynasty maybe, but that's yeah. I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head there because the thing is is that Bridgewater's upside is so limited. We know exactly who Bridgewater is. Like at least with Drew Locke, there's more unknown. So if you're gonna take him weight, like take the upside. Don't play it safe, you know, in round 14, <laughs> 15. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, you don't need Teddy Bridgewater's like, you know, guaranteed 10 to 12 point game. Like that's not going to win you any fantasy, uh, any, any fantasy games. Yep. All right. Uh, next news, OBJ full go for training camp, avoids the pup. Um, huge. That's I mean, good. come, come off an injury. You think he'd miss some time, but fantastic, you know, going into the season. Um, Especially no, go- like, I thought his injury came a lot later on in the year. I mean, it was what week eight, week nine, week 10, something like that for him to be yeah. back. I think good, he only played turnaround. six games total, six or seven yeah. games. So that makes sense. Yeah. Good turnaround. And for uh, going down the list a little bit, a player that will start on the pup is Amari Cooper. Um, you, you never like that. I mean, I, I still am not worried about it. The only thing I worry about is, you know, Dak's going to be throwing to him. Now Dak has a pull-off season with CeeDee Lamb. If he is more comfortable with Lamb by the time Cooper gets back, I mean, that could, you know, have Lamb, you know, uh, play over Cooper in fantasy leagues or draft over Cooper by the time, you know, come late August. Yeah, they're right back-to-back, too. So, I mean, it's like a coin toss. When you get to that spot, you're really choosing between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb in a lot of these mock drafts that I'm seeing. So... This is not. This is something to keep your eye on. Right, he's I just read he's, he's he's targeting a mid-August return, but say he becomes the next AJ Green, you're like, oh goodness, what did I do? I changed my draft by taking him in the third round. Didn't he have a setback with a foot like last summer too? I felt like that was Mari Cooper, but I could be wrong about that. No, I mean he. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think two years ago he was like a decoy a lot of the time. Like he 
legit had so much pain in his foot, but he would play like a like a drive and then be out. It was yeah, like so a super deep bruise or something, right? Like an ankle or bruise or some sort of bruise. Plantar fasciitis or whatever it's called. Yeah, one of those. On his heels. But yeah. I got his history right here. Hold on, I'll tell you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right ankle in 2021, then previously November 2019, sidelined with a knee injury and a thigh bruise that knocked him out of the loss to the Jets. Managed to play the last game as a decoy or the next game as a decoy. <laughs> Awesome for fantasy managers. Terrible. <laughs> an angle. He did. He had a pedal ankle sprain also in 2019. Rough 2019 for the kid. Everything yeah. from his knee down has just been hurt his entire career. Yeah. Besides that, he's fine. But um, <laughs> I mean, another guy I'll jump to. Speaking of receiver injuries, is Michael Thomas. Um, this is kind of a shock. He's just had surgery to you know um, repair something from last year and he's just started the season on the pop list and at first i thought you know he'll miss week one but when i saw pop is likely that's six to seven weeks is out and again you kind of brought up you know an aj green thing and i kind of brought up a doug baldwin thing to both you guys um these guys back-to-back years are going like the third fourth round saying you know i'll get this guy now and by week three or four or six i have a wide receiver one and they didn't play, or they played and they played a game and that's it. If the Saints aren't competing by the time he comes back, there's a chance that he might not play the season at all. 100%. I mean, if, like, I think, Deke, you, you said today, like, you'd be surprised if they have six wins this season, all depending. Season. Yeah. I mean, the again, we don't know who the QB is. If they go back and forth all season, it might be a complete shit show and they, they might get some wins off of a big Kamara game or two, but scary. Their, their offense looks drastically different this year. And there's reason for hesitation at every single position, including Kamara, just where you're taking them. But Michael Thomas, the thing that's so worrisome too, is that it was like, he had a mental breakdown a little bit last year too, fighting teammates, not going to practice. Like who knows what happens if they put him on pup and they're not really competing. Maybe he just won't want to play football for the Saints anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think last year was like he came back to practice. It might have been like week four or five. And fantasy owners like, yeah, pumped. And then he fought who? Uh, Gardner Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone in the league fights him. So I don't blame MT for that that much. But I think he like started the fight and then he was out the next game, which pretty much meant like, all right, you're sitting like you can't fight your own teammate. And, and it, it should allegedly be the whole, media. the whole story was about him calling him slant boy and saying he can only <laughs> run the slant route, which is like, if that's how easy it is to get in your head, Dude, bro, yeah. how do you play NFL wide receiver? Cause why wouldn't every single guy say that to you on the field? <laughs> yeah. Like, Michael listen. Thomas is low key, the Kevin Durant of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Burner no, accounts on Twitter. <laughs> fighting he seriously fans. Is. <laughs> slant guy. Like, Dude, don't get mad. You were the wide receiver one by a long shot last season. You you already backed it up. And yeah. some like you can't call me that. Like it's like Clay Thompson. Like, hey Clay Thompson, you can only shoot three. He's like, no, I can't. It's like, well, you're good at it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you're very good at that's it. That's a good so thing. Just, just do it. Like <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, been in, he's been into it with like Keenan Allen on Twitter before. Like the guy just can't shut up and like focus on football for five minutes. So 
Yeah, I mean, like like you said, if they're out of it, he's a very, very likely candidate to sit out just because his team is not winning, and he's going to be like, well, why am I going to go back and risk an injury for a three-win team? So, yeah. And, and we'll, you know, fight. we'll go over the implications because that's a, another topic I want to, you know, break down later on. What's so implications just, mean? Uh, you know, well, you can't, you can't say no to what I want to talk about because of the implications. Um, so let's just run through these other ones quick. Um, Logan Thomas gets an extension uh, around 8.5 a year. Uh, that was with three years, 24 million. Three I think. for 24, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think 10.5 guaranteed. So for a 30-year-old tight end that yeah. wasn't doing much until he was 30, fantastic job. Good for him. Yep. Uh, Saquon to start on the pup, just more injuries on the pup. Um, we kind of ex- expected that. We'll talk about this a bit. Um, do you think he's ready for week one? I know they, they came out and said he, they're um, using a long-term approach, quote-unquote, for him. For Saquon? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think he plays week one. Um, the, the, the quotes that were coming out before he was officially going to start the season on the pup were that he was ready to – in his mind, he was ready to play. He wanted to be out there, but the Giants were already hesitant, saying no. The medical staff was saying no. The training staff said no. You need to ease back into it. So whether it's his decision or it's their decision, I don't see him ready for week one. Um, I, I see them, like you said, if they're taking a long-term approach, they understand this is their franchise running back. If he's not 100%, they're not putting him out there. On a team that, yes, they're revamped and they, they've added some weapons in the offseason, I'm sure they'd like to have a really good you know, start to the season. But if he goes down again week one, week two, you've done nothing to actually help your team long-term. And I was actually looking at the stats for the Giants today when I was doing the division preview. He got hurt after 16 carries this year or the, the, this past season, 16 carries and nine targets. That's not a lot of work to have a season ending injury on. And I know freak stuff happens anytime. That's two years in a row for him that he's had really, really scary injuries. So yeah, if he starts week one, I think it's a mistake by both himself and the giants. Yeah. I mean, Deke, you're a Saquon owner in a couple leagues, right? Yeah. Or just one dynasty. I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues and what I'll say about Saquon is I think he does get slow rolled in into the season. I think it would be smart for them to do snap counts early on or just carry limits, you know, touch limits, like really ease him into the game. But I just think that if Saquon has a decent offensive line and um, even if you're drafting him late in the first round, he could be a season winner. Like he could just win your league for you. I mean, the, I, I don't know how many people have come out and had 2,000 total yards their rookie year, but I bet it's exactly one player. And that's Saquon, right? Yeah, it's Saquon, yeah. I mean, the mock draft we did last week, we did a podcast with it. Derek, you're part of the mock. You took Saquon, and I got pick seven or eight, which we kind of said, like, where do you take him with this news? And we kind of said, you know, back end of the first round, and it could be a, a complete steal. Yeah, I said if he made it to nine, you have to take him in six, seven, eight five I don't like any of those I'm, I'm thinking about it and and like you said if he plays with an offensive line he's he's a league winner especially if you grab him that late in the first because then who you take on the turn in the second round is also going to be a hugely uh, important piece for you so like I mean again when I was looking at his stats he was averaging less than two yards a carry but that was when the Giants had a bunch of rookies and, and new guys on their offensive line they hadn't put it together yet if he comes in he's getting proper protection he can run through a hole instead of running to 16 people the second he touches the ball it's a different game, but like you said, with the snap counts and the, and the touch counts, he shouldn't be on the field if he's not touching the ball actively in the play. There's no reason to even have him out there to do pass blocking or any any other, you know, uh, you know, just I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but like 
elusive stuff where he's kind of acting as a decoy. If he's not actively running and touching touch the ball, get him off the field. Like, give yeah. him 20, 20 plays a game and then move on. Keep him, just run him like Nick Chubb if you're worried about injuries, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like, just give him the ball between the tackles where he's not making a ton of moves and he can power through guys, no problem. You know, yep. he can be whatever back you need him to be on that play. Yeah, a million percent agreed. And you've got, like, guys behind him in Devontae Booker that can shoulder the load for – not the low, but they can they can chip in and, and spell, uh, spell him for, you know, a play or a drive or two. Yeah, I mean, Booker did the same thing with Josh Jacobs last year. I mean, a, a lot of the games was almost like a split timeshare for a bit. But, yep. um, yeah, I think Booker was a great pickup by them. And the rookie, uh, Mar- Brightwell, has a bright Bright- future. Man. Gary Brightwell. Nice. That's hilarious. Um, other news, Marlon Mack is... is Not so uh, bad. <laughs> Marlon Max, 100% to start training camp. Um, I've, I put this in here mainly because I think it's good news for Cam Akers. Um, same yeah. injury. So if yeah. he's 100% to start training camp right now, he got hurt in week one, so early September. Akers hurt in late July. If Akers can come back by training camp in 2022, I think that's fantastic news. So I, I think the biggest thing is to see what Mac looks like week one or preseason. So right now it's a, it, it's a good uh, – Good arrow up for K Makers for Dynasty. And then two defensive things. Uh, I know, you know it's a fancy podcast, so whatever, but Chandler Jones requests a trade from the Cardinals, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I mean, he's led the team in sacks and the league in sacks for a few years there, but I think he's frustrated with no uh, extension talk or what have you. But I think Dow has said, like, if, if there's a team out there that needs, you know, an, an edge guy or a, um, just a linebacker. I think that's a fantastic fit, but I think his contract's pretty high. Yeah, his contract's like a lot of money, but I saw the Ravens reached out to him already, or maybe maybe they didn't reach out. I don't know how that tampering stuff works, but Marlon Humphrey and uh, Logan Logan Ryan have both tweeted at him like, hey, we'd love to have you. So could be a monstrous replacement. Uh, they let Judon go to the Patriots then scoop up Chandler Jones, who I'm sure would be happy to be in Baltimore. So damn, that'd be a friggin' fearsome defense. But either way, no matter how you cut it, if he forces his way off of the Cardinals, that's another big hit for a uh, defense that's already looked like they've struggled in the past. And maybe that's good for the offense. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I can, I can kind of see both sides of the fence on that one. But if you're giving up 40 points a game, Kyler Murray's going to score 40 points a game to win. So maybe I'm looking at it as a pro. Chandler Jones sneaky is like top five in sacks over the last like four years. Like, very sneaky like his contract is not going to match his production because i don't think anyone will give him a contract that he probably deserves based on production but i think this is seriously bad news for the cardinals and i think it's bad for the offense because i think teams when they're like i understand like garbage time happens a lot but you want a balanced team with a quarterback that's a running half running half throwing quarterback you want them on the field running the ball at the end of the game and, and killing that clock for fantasy so I think this is bad news for all Cardinals fans. Right. And yeah. Especially bad news from like a Chase Edmonds, uh, James Conner perspective. Like, like you said, you want that run it out the clock. We're up by, you know, maybe 14 plus points. Let's just burn it. But that ain't yeah. going to happen <laughs> if you're, if you're down. Yeah. If, yeah. If they're winning. And, um, I mean, Hopkins can pick up three yard ins and five yard outs and rack up the receptions too. I think. Their team is better when they're balanced. Yeah, and, and like 
JJ Watts there, but I mean, if you lose Traylon Jones, it's kind of like shit. Like you, you're kind of hoping they'd both be on the field, which I think would have been freaking fantastic. And now you get rid of Traylon Jones. Like, all right, now let's let's find someone else. Um, well, and, and to me, it, it might be even a little bit of Chandler Jones saying like, I'm no longer the guy. Like, I don't want to be on this team and, and share my spotlight with my edge rush partner who, you know, he should be on a team with and be enjoying the presence of another stud like JJ Watt. Maybe he just wants out because he can't, you know, he doesn't want to be in the shadow of another superstar. I don't know. That, that could be me speaking out of turn. I don't know him personally. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> he played for the Pats, but we didn't get to hear him talk for like four years. So we don't really know him. <laughs> yeah. I bought his jersey that the next day he smokes synthetic weed and then he was out of the Patriots yeah. after that. Right. So He's walking down uh, Cape Cod naked. Yeah. And uh, another. I think even bigger one is a uh, Xavier Howard requested trade the quarterback from the dolphins. We were sitting here saying, you know, the dolphins have done a fantastic job. This team's awesome. Now that they have a, a fantastic young defense that's up and coming and your best cornerback, uh, I think league leader in, in picks last year has requested a trade because you didn't give him, you know, a contract extension or, or a rework contract for what he's worth. That's a massive blow for a, a young team on the rise for sure that's i mean you i think locker rooms get built up when players that deserve money get paid money too like this is a young team this is how they're starting their rebuild their rebuild started last year so your best defensive player you're not going to pay and he's going to request a trade like what does that say to all the kids the young kids that they brought in to play football and will be playing for second contracts here i mean you see Devontae parker get paid pretty well and saving Howard not to be able to make top defensive money just seems really counterproductive. Yeah. And Xavier Howard came out as one of the, uh, I want to say top two or three ranked cornerbacks by PFF recently. So yeah, three. Yeah. So by all, all yeah. every metric he's killed it. So if somebody deserves it, it's him. And I don't know. I mean, we, we thought their rebuilds way ahead of schedule. If he forces his way off this team, their rebuilds, nowhere near where it should be. I mean, you to replace that talent at cornerback is not easy. I know you. they drafted, uh, uh, what's his name, Ig, uh, Noah Igbogany or something like that. And he's supposed to be nasty, but he's not there yet. And there, I mean, there's like a bunch of guys that are on their depth chart that are probably fine, but they're not Xavier Howard. So what you need on a team like that, especially how they're currently situated with Tua being the quarterback and probably not going to be a quick strike offense, is probably a de defense and grind out some victory kind of offense. So from, first of all, an NFL perspective, they're probably going to suffer a huge loss that way. And then from a fantasy perspective, everybody takes a hit across the board because Tua is now asked to do a lot more stuff in a quick strike offense to make up for probably a defensive deficit. And now we got issues because we don't have a strong run game with no real true lead back. And we don't have a, a, a quarterback who's capable of doing that kind of stuff yet. Maybe he will be. Maybe Tua makes a step. Maybe that's good. Probably not. Probably, no, it's, it's most likely not. <laughs> yeah. Asking I mean, a second-year quarterback to do too much is never really a good thing. <laughs> yeah, especially when he struggled his first year. Yep. All right, so that's all the news. And right now we're going to get to um, our own segment called the Aaron Rodgers segment. Um, my wife's home right now, so my dog's freaking out if you can hear him up there. But um, so, again, Aaron Rodgers reports to camp. Biggest thing we talked about was Randall Cobb. So Randall Cobb trade is, it's almost signed, sealed, delivered. I know it's, it's I, I know it's like 
he's making 8.25 a year. So they say the contract to move that's impossible. But again, it's the NFL contract means shit. You can always find a way to, you know, get guys out of there. And I think Houston would be fine. Like, yeah, we'll take pretty much anything because we're rebuilding. Like, why do we need to pay this guy 8.25 for two more years? Um, so, I mean, if you guys are a dynasty, I think he's he's owned a lot of dynasty leagues. Do you pick up Cobb? Are you going out to try to trade for him if he's a Packer? A dynasty? No. <laughs> no. I, if you want to trade a weight pick for depth, with Cobb and take a shot at it because like you got to be like the best team in the league you got to be like surefire finishing top three and you're mm-hmm. adding a depth piece I could see that but I mean come on Miranda Cobb's been washed up for four years now I mean what are we talking about I don't know why Rogers would even want him back like just give anyone on that roster a shot yeah and, and yeah. he suffered like multiple injuries throughout both of his tenure or every single team he's been on, he's had an injury issue. So even if he goes back to green Bay and they give up next to nothing for him, I mean, you're taking reps away from Amari Rogers, who you drafted, who could potentially have a lot more upside and is probably a better athlete at this point in his career than Randall Cobb with the right coaching in the slot role. Like for me, I would much rather see Devontae Adams outside and what pick, take your pick between Alan Lazard, MVS, whoever else is going to be there. Tunyon and Rogers versus Randall Cobb at an $8 million plus dollar cap hit when you don't even have cap spaces. The Packers, I don't know where they're coming up with this money either. So, um, yeah, no thanks. Randall Cobb, maybe in a redraft, I'd, I'd, take a, I'd take a flyer on him late. Um, if he does end up there, I'd be more apt to do that in redraft than I would for Dynasty just based on his age and I think his potential for injury. And Randall, round, yeah. Randall, Randall Cobb was on the Packers like with Matt McCarthy, like this is a different offense, different coach, different everything to bring him in and think that he's going to play the same role. It's probably a little silly, but maybe they'll find some sure Rogers will force feed him at some point. It was this guy that he brought in. This seemed to be the linchpin and getting him to come back. I don't, I don't know what else, what other concessions have come out, but. Which is so weird how it's like, that's the one thing. It's like get rid of Cobb back and like, all right. (laughs) What a seven round pick. Sweet. Like, wanna... Yeah, that's the thing that really gets it done for you is like, oh, a guy who's going to be 31 in August and with a huge salary. Like, he just wants to stick the package with that salary. Like, you, you couldn't tell us that like 10 months ago. Like, <laughs> that was the one thing we had to go through all this shit. I mean, we got we to get a punt returner on this team, man. <laughs> pronto. So, I mean, I put that, you know, uh, the stocks up for Tanya and Lazard, MVS, Amari Rogers, but with Cobb there. I think Dow said Amari Rogers might take a back seat at least for the first year. I see plays the same position. And it's just kind of a headache. And, you know, Kyle was just there to annoy Lazard and MBS owners as well, because we've seen Lazard do well when he plays, he's healthy. We've seen MBS be a fantastic best ball kind of guy. And if you bring Cobb in, it's just Devontae Adams and then a lot of the same, I think. Like, I don't know who the wide receiver two would be there. Like, I, I would bet Lazard just because I'm a fan of Lazard, and that's it. Like, I, I, I can't argue one or the other. Yeah, all it does is add more murkiness to an already very murky situation at wide receiver for everybody behind Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to get his numbers. We know that. But I, I think everybody takes a hit just because it's another melt to feed and somebody that apparently Aaron Rodgers wants to force the ball to for God knows what. And Rodgers had an MVP season – 
he probably not going to repeat what he did, but even with what he did last year, there's only two startable pass catchers on this team. It was Tunyon and, and um, Devontae Adams. Like, even with 40 touchdowns, it wasn't carrying a wide receiver, too. You know, yeah. it just wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, again, like, we've seen big games from MVS, but it, it was off of a 50-yard touchdown. And if he didn't get that, he, then he's got zero. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. so the year before that, I think there was 26 passing touchdowns on the Packers. Last year was 40. So, like you said, if he, if he does 40 again, then it's what Tanya and Adams and Aaron Jones again, and that's it. Like, but if it goes down to 30, 30, 30, 32, then it's like shit, like that's even worse for everyone else there. So what, what yeah, I'll dude. say about this situation too, in dynasty, if I'm a Tanya owner, I am sell hard mode this season on Tanya. Like I think watching him play, he's, a middling tight end receiving wise. He's a much better football player than a fantasy player. And without Rogers, not catching 12 touchdowns every year. So I think, and from everything that we've read, Rogers is here for one more year. And it's like the last ride, right? Him and Devontae Adams put that picture up a few days ago. And then all of a sudden he's back today. So it seems like if I'm in dynasty and I'm a Tanya owner, you probably pick him up on the free agent wire. If you get a second round, second and a third round for him, I mean that's a huge win. Yeah, yes. he's he's a prime regression candidate for what was know, his um, touchdown to to catch ratio last year? It, it it was absolutely insane. Like it was the highest I've ever seen. So I like I will catch. tell you in just one second. <laughs> like again, if the touchdowns go go down, like like again, like. Tony could do the same thing this year with Rodgers, and you're like, I wouldn't sell him now, or unless he you get a second. But come like week six, week seven, he's trending that same way. Probably get a pretty had, good uh, He had 52 catches on 59 targets and 11 touchdowns. <laughs> so one in five, he was <laughs> yeah, catching that for a is insane. Wild. Uh, yeah, that's absurd. And only seven drops or seven, not even drops, seven non catches. That's pretty nice. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, to you know, the running back Aaron Jones stock up. I mean, I was high on him anyways. It just more solidifies his RB one status again this year. Um, I think I even moved him up in my rankings to RB seven. I had him at eight or nine, I think. But um, I mean, he's gonna have like this is a guy that plays like forty five or less percent of the snaps the entire season. And he's been RB2 and RB5 or 6 last year, the last two years. If it's all, if it's the same and then you get Jamal Williams out of there, I mean, I think you're looking at a, a top seven guy as an RB, hands down, they can get in the late first round to early second round on the turn. Yeah, I think what you said at the end there was perfect with the Jamal Williams being gone is the biggest uptick, right? He, he, I mean, he get, he'll give you 1,100-ish yards on the ground a year. Aaron Jones will. And he was giving you anywhere from like three to 450 uh, in the passing game. If he ups that to five, 600, I mean, that's huge. But just the addition of the catches as well, if you're in a half PPR, full PPR league, that it's going to be immense. I mean, that's a lot of stuff that Jamal Williams was taking from him, just, just purely one person leaving and Aaron Rodgers – being the favorite to fill that role too. It's not going to be AJ Dillon. He's not a fantastic pass catcher. And Kylan Hill is really there to play special teams. I don't care that he was drafted 
by the Packers at all, really. So, yeah, Aaron Jones, I think he's a, he's a good – I don't want to say he's a sleeper because everybody kind of knows what he is, but he's a sleeper in the sense that people are projecting him lower than I think he'll finish for the first time in a while. He's one of those guys that always gets underdrafted every year and always outperforms his draft spot. I think the only thing that you could mildly be worried about is A.J. Dillon taking goal line carries. Aaron Jones has been their goal line back for the last three years. I mean, see this little like five seven five eight dude just pong between the tackles at the goal line. Um, but I think when you watch him play, you see just like he is a really special talent. He has the ability to take it to the house on any play, but also grind it out through the tackles. I just, yeah. if I'm a Packers fan watching those games week to week, I'm throwing my controller every time Aaron Jones is not in that field. And yeah. it's so frustrating, but they do it every year. It happened last year. There were so many plays where maybe Jamal Williams out there for four downs, AJ Dillon, then it was Aaron Jones for like two plays. And then I'm like, what the f-? like and then back to J- J- Jamal and then they get to the 10. Like, yeah, let's put Aaron Jones in because we know we because Aaron Rodgers tr- trusts in the score and goes, you know, a 10 yard reception to touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, guy. And like Derek said, mm-hmm. he's uh, a threat to take it to the house every single time. And you would see the times where Jamal Williams or AJ Dillon was in it, they take it through the wrong hole or they hit a hole and they just couldn't get away from everybody else. It's like, yeah. if Jones is out there from the exact same play unfolds, he's gone. Yeah. You just cost him a 50 yard touchdown and you cost my fantasy team a ton of points. <laughs> 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 All right. So I think that that kind of wraps up the Aaron Rodgers debacle of the offseason. It's finally come to an end, which is great before all those redraft um, leagues start. Our other segment is Deshaun Watson reporting to camp. I know we kind of said he's he's there so he doesn't get fined. But um, the Texans came out and said they're, they're willing to trade him. They're open you know, to trade talks. And as of right now, they want at least three first-round picks for Watson. Um, I think that makes sense. I think he's worth that. He's a special talent. But with the legal shit you know, lingering, it's still a very risky trade for any team to, to do that as of today. Um, so, I mean, the teams are, are the Dolphins, Eagles, Eagles, and the Broncos are the three teams that I think are kind of linked to him, which makes kind of sense. They need quarterbacks. I know Dolphins have Tua, but again, if, if Dolphins have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to not do it. Yeah. And Deshaun is still young. I mean, as far as quarterbacks in the NFL go and, I don't care about Tua. I, if you look at the Eagles, I don't care about Jalen Hurts. And if you look at the Broncos, I don't care about either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. If I'm those organizations and I can get Deshaun Watson, I get him regardless of his legal trouble. And they're obviously going to have a quick talk with the Texans ownership, who has been at kind of the, the center of all of this Deshaun Watson drama anyways. And they'll know how legitimate it is and what they're looking at before they make that deal. And I think the fact that there's even rumors out there prove that it's nothing that's going to stop them from playing. I think it's solely Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Houston Texans, not one more down. So even him reporting to camp, I'm not looking at this as a massive uptick for any uh, Texan wide receivers. If he does end up playing there, I think I would even be more surprised than anything else. That's why, again, I'm not going after anybody linked to the, the uh, Texan offense at this point. I don't care that Randall Cobb might be leaving. I'm not buying Kiki Cootie shares. I'm not buying, uh, Chris Conley shares, even though I already have shares of both of those guys, <laughs> like, great. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting extra stock in them. I'm not trying to shop them around, but 
I think the most recent rumor I heard was that Deshaun Watson to the Eagles was the most likely one. And that's a huge step forward if that's true, because he can use Jalen Rieger and uh, the rookie that they just signed his name. Yeah, exactly. He can use them much more efficiently than Jalen Hurts can. And wouldn't it just be so friggin' poetic to see Jalen Hurts get another starting job ripped from him by another quarterback? It's just the guy can't catch a friggin' break. He starts to finally get a role, and then somebody else better comes along and takes his job again. It'll be the third time it's happened to him in the last three years. I just I think that it's good news if you want Deshaun Watts to get traded that he's in camp. I think the that's the biggest thing because if he's in camp, he's not on the commissioner exempt list. He is still tradable. So that's all good that he's there. Um, I mean, the legal trouble, it seems to be like kind of this black hole of information where you can't really make heads or tails of this, like us being on the outside here. I mean, I just don't think there's any way they get three first round picks. I think if anything, they get one on this trade just because the risk there is it's sizable. I mean, this guy might never play football again. But if I know the NFL, they find a way to get their stars on the field. That's what I know about the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Greg Hardy plays snaps after his uh, felony arrest. So, and I'd say whatever he did was a lot worse. But, um, yeah, I mean, three first-round picks is a huge price tag. And there are only probably three teams in the league that have the ability to trade that. And that's probably why these are the three targets that are coming up. I mean, I have to do a little research to see who else even has that kind of draft capital, but can't be a long list. Yeah, I wonder if Sam Fran did their due diligence during the draft to see if Watson was worth the trade before trading up for Lance. Because, I mean, Watson yeah. makes them I'm probably sure. Sure favorites overnight, you know? So, yeah, if Watson is the nine or two quarterback, I'm buying every single share of that offense I can. That would have been fun. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know the Pats were looking at him pre, pre-draft, pre-legal shit. So, I mean... I assume 10 teams in the league probably looked at him because he's, you know, he's a top five, top six quarterback, probably. Oh, yeah. In a, like, a better offense, probably higher. He's, he's young as yeah. shit. He's yeah. a top 25. five asset. Like, not just yeah. quarterback. I mean, just full out asset on your team. I mean, there's very few positions that can command three first-round picks as a starting uh, starting ask, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like – if, if the Dolphins come to them tomorrow and say, hey, here's a first, a second, and Tua, it might be hard for them, for them to say no. Yeah, and quite honestly, that, that three first-round pick request might just be the Texans saying, yeah, if we can steal the three first-round picks, we're going to do it. But we want this guy as our quarterback. They paid him last year. They paid him well. They, want, they seem like they want him here. I know the relationship is a bit fractured, but if he does stay there, the team is – a million times better than with Tyrod Taylor or whoever else is going to trot out at quarterback. Xavier Howard just asked for a trade. That's another, it's another asset the Dolphins have to give away. Oh, he's worth it. There you go. That's actually fantastic. Oh, poor Xavier Howard. You damn it for the Texans. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they traded uh, Laramie Tunsil, right? Yeah. That's a trade coming over. He's like, damn it. It's not that bad over here. (laughs) Can you imagine that? If you trade for Watson for for three first round picks, I think you ask for Tunsil in that trade too, and you just get him <laughs> as the extra piece, and you build the offensive line with him too. I was thinking yeah. that earlier today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I put here if he stays, what does it mean for the team? I I still don't think he stays. I think if he's able to play, it's he's not going to play. I think we'd be more shocked if he if he plays it down for the Texans over 
these three teams. Like I, I, I wouldn't bet that he plays game one with the Texans. Or if yeah, he does, he he's, he's again, but... on the bench. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not, he's not suiting up for them. He seems um, like he's been pretty, pretty clear about that. He's on, he's done with the Texans. And yeah, like, again, it's, it's who knows. It's but funny. Cause like he reports to camp and like you see in sleeper, like Chris Connolly's, you know, ADP yeah. is going up and Anthony Miller's up. Like everyone's up. Kiki Cootie is going up. I'm like, it still says in the quote, it's like, he still will not play it down for the Texans. Like, we know that like he'll never ever play there it's just good yeah. for texas that they can probably get something now in return yeah and, and like i said they they signed him last year they their options are trade him or sit him for four years and pay him like th- what so, you, yeah, you can't do that that sounds horrible <laughs> like he's, he's just gonna sit there and pout for four years while tyrod taylor plays in front of him and your team wins zero games and you can't do yeah. anything else because you already have hundreds of millions of dollars tied up in this guy sick sick strategy and there's Bill o- O'Brien in the background is watching. Like, good, good. <laughs> the plans all come into fruition. As the Pats, Pats in the North start to fail, the Pats in the South start failing too. They all go together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Um, that, that's enough for Deshaun Watson. And just go over some some injuries. We talked about the Kim Akers injury last time, but we didn't get too indefinite in it. Um, so as of right now, you know, Daryl Henderson's now the lead back. Um, I, I put a question, do you trust him and where do you take him in redraft leagues? I trust him. I take him pretty high too. Um, I probably take him. Oh man, that's just tough, tough to say without like seeing people come off the board, but fourth, fifth, so, sixth round, but too late. Six, no, no. Cause I, I think his, his ADP sneaking up into the fourth and the third. Yeah, if I could grab him in the fourth, yeah, I'd I, take him with a smile on. Um, I, I mean, I think he's got the looming threat of Xavier Jones. I know people are kind of worried about him, but seeing what he's been able to produce last year, if they use him in the right role, he's got upside. I think I think he's fast and strong. I mean, I know that there's worries that he's never carried a full workload, but, I mean, hell, you could have said that about a lot of guys before they broke out. They All, all you need Devonta is an Freeman. opportunity and carries Devonta Freeman's a good Devon's one. A Derrick, Henry. Example. Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry never carried a full workload. People are probably worried about that body size and then yep. started trucking. Two and a half years. Yep. I mean, not to compare Henderson. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah, like, guys, we're calling it now. He's he's, he's <laughs> the next Derrick Henry 2K. And, and you're lucky that he's still, he's still young. He's 23 years old. So, I mean, if you're looking at yeah. a durability concern, he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on him. He should be able to bounce back from any small nicks and stuff that keep him, you know, keep older guys out for a game or two. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have my concerns, but I wouldn't fault anybody for drafting him in the fourth round. I mean, Cam Akers was going in the second. So you're still knocking down the lead back in the Rams offense, which should still be run oriented with Matt Stafford. there taking a lot of pressure off the running game. So I mean, by the end, by the end of this month, a few more injuries at camp, and he's solidified probably a third rounder. You're going to have to pay the price if you want him, because he's going to be one of those guys too that if you're drafting at like one of the ends of the draft, like either in the beginning of the draft or the end of the draft, and you have these snakes, you're going to have to reach on him if you want him. He's just going to be one of those guys that like the guy who drafts him is reaching on him every single draft. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go and, in a mock draft and see where he went um, the other day. The big question, too, is if they bring anybody else in. I know you have that question on here. 
if that happens before your draft, that could sway me one way or the other. If, you know, they bring in a guy that I think can actually tote the rock. Sure. I'm going to drop him down. But if they bring in Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, I don't think they bring in Todd Gurley, but you know, just throwing a name out for a guy who's out there. I'm not so, so worried. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that from, I think like if you're really wondering whether you should take him or not, like, yeah, carries last year. Just go back and watch the tape. He looks like yeah. a pretty good running back. You know, yeah. he he doesn't he probably doesn't do anything elite, but he's certainly not bad. No, yeah, some I of the games that Akers and uh wasn't even playing, or not that he missed the injury, but he wasn't even a factor really yet. And then Malcolm Brown was hurt. Hendy looked fine. You know, I was happy. I started him in a few games last year and it he panned out, you know, 10, 15, 20 points. I'm like, all right, well, okay, he never hit 20. He hit 20 once, and I definitely didn't start him that week because he had just scored <laughs> before the week before, but you know, I yeah, mean, I mean you, you can do worse than betting on Rams running backs. Just put it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I had him in Dynasty. I think, like, for the first six, seven weeks, he was, like, a RB2. Like, I mean, back end, but I think that was the Akers injury. Akers still played, too, but Malcolm Brown kind of, you know, was there stealing touchdowns. So I looked up our mock draft. He went at uh, pick 404. And that was of last week. So, Derek, I think you're right. I think third round, and there's going to be more injuries. Third round pick, uh, he's definitely going to go there. Yeah, and first six weeks of the season last year, he was probably, like, close to RB1 range. He went .6, but then 19, 18, 4, 20, 10. You're like, that's, yeah, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 range. I think he went down. Um, Yeah, then he got single digits the rest of the season. I know we said it. Xavier Jones is now the backup. People are picking up Jake Funk, too. I think we talked about this last podcast. If you have the spot in the Dynasty, sure. Take Jake Funk and take Jones. Pay a little more fab for him. But uh, I think, D, do you, you get him in our uh, him Dynasty in, draft? Did I got him in one, yeah. I have him in one. Was I mean, it Desperate Dynasty? Yeah, it was actually yeah, right because okay. it's just my best team. So that's the one that I always gravitate to for waivers. First. <laughs> oh, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he's worth a shot. I mean, guys go undrafted for a reason. I think the like the last thing with Henderson that I've been thinking about over the last few days is like you look at like kind of the Mike Davis talk this offseason, right? Mike Davis has a lot of heat because he's going to place, he's getting carries, he looked good last year. He had under four yards of carry. Daryl Henderson put up four and a half yards of carry, and that's that sizable. That always means something to me. I always like to look at yards per carry um, for all the backs because at the end of the day, it always averages out. Like you can you can sit there and score your 80-yard touchdown, but if you're carrying the ball enough, that number always evens out to where you should be. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good call. I mean, I also think Xavier Jones will be a factor if they don't bring anyone in because We've seen Henderson's durability, too. I kind of talked about Tevin Coleman last podcast. I'm not saying they're the same, but you want them to be, you know, you you don't want the 20 touches a game or 20 carries a game because they're going to break down. I'd rather him be the same kind of guy he was uh, when Dallas had the first six weeks all season. I don't want to, you know, ramp it up. I just want to be a consistent, like, Xavier Jones, get in there, get seven touches a game, or if they bring in a veteran at some point, that's fine. But I think Henderson's a fantastic guy. You can probably get for your, like, I mean, late RB2, or if you're going RB strong in a draft, which I usually do, if I can get him as my flex spot, I'm 
I'm pumped for it. Yeah, and, and I would definitely look for them to use that strategy uh, for the Rams because McVeigh does not want to repeat his mistakes of the past with Todd Gurley. You know, not that Henderson's his back of the future, but he saw what happened when he used one running back and he absolutely blew the guy out. I think he just doesn't want to do that again with anybody and any running back in the system for the rest of his coaching tenure. Yeah. I mean, I think Henderson would have been a factor with acres there. Um, I thought he was going to be one of those sneaky, you know, not handcuffs, but you know, a guy that can like a Tony Pollard or a Gus Edwards, like a guy you can start who's a backup for someone like each week as like a second flex. Yeah. I had a uh, lot of plans on making him my sleeper of the year. So <laughs> well, they're back to they're, the drawing boards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last um, thing here is the Michael Thomas injury. And the biggest news of the week is Chris Hogan signs with the saints. So, I mean, you, you got to fill a void. And I, I know there's guys out there like golden Tate and Elshon Jeffrey and Des Bryant. And then they go to, you know, a lacrosse field and said, hey, Chris Hogan, call timeout. Come here. We, we, we want to sign you. Go fuck over your lacrosse team and quit, which I know, is what such happened. A, such a big F you. Like, I don't, I don't follow his lacrosse career, so I don't really know how much he was playing, how many minutes he was getting. But, like, you joined a team. You said, hi, I'm going to take your contract. I'm going to take your money. I'm going to play with you guys for half a season. Oh, with the NFL call back? I guess I'm leaving. Kind of a dick move. But – um, you know, whatever. Sean Payton's buddies with Bill Belichick. I'm sure he gave him a, a glowing review and said, yeah, go get this scrappy white Jim Rat and then grabbed him up. I would have taken Golden Tate 10 out of 10 times, let me tell you that. I think they just bring in Chris Hogan to, to run block on the outsides. That's pretty much the only thing that yeah. he's going to do for this team, you know. I don't, I don't understand the signing. I don't understand how it happened so quickly. Like, they must have, like, had him on their radar to, like, oh, they- kind of sign him quickly right they must have i mean <laughs> i i read too it's like oh he recently worked out with the jets too i'm like where was the news weeks ago where like he's <laughs> he's playing lacrosse and he's sneaking behind the scenes and like hey jets like <laughs> like this guy has been doing two sports for two weeks playing lacrosse working out lacrosse at like so i mean, I mean teams wanted him for some odd freaking reason i i don't know why i mean like he, I'd rather D.D. Westbrook than Chris Hogan. I'm not picking up Chris Hogan anywhere. I mean, his last good season was the Patriots. And even with that, like, he was an annoying guy to have on your team because he had those one or two games and then just not be there. Yeah, no chance to see me pick him up in any format unless he drops, like, 40 points week one. And I'm just like, what the hell happened? Boom, blow it. It's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, Derek, what do you think of? Um, I mean, I think Traquan Smith is, is easily the number one receiver there now. I don't know what easily, but who else would you want on that team? Like, if, if you had a, a spot available in Dynasty, would would it be Marcus Callaway? Would it be Deontay Harris? Obviously not Chris Hogan. Um, but I mean, the, those two guys are the ones that are you know trending up the last uh, week. Yeah, I think it's Harris, and I think it's Harris pretty clearly i think he's a really gifted special person with the ball in his hand i think you take harris and you just hope man champagne's gonna drop every single gadget play that's ever been thought about in the nfl to run this offense with Taysom hill like they're gonna be doing some weird different stuff down there without 
legitimate offensive weapons. I mean, you look at all of their players, like Latavius Murray is the most standard weapon that they have now with Michael Thomas out. Alvin Kamara is a pass catching running back. Like Traquan Smith is kind of a, a bust of a draft pick. Like that doesn't really do anything well. Like they're going to have to get real creative. I think that if they, that's the other reason why I think Taysom Hill probably starts the season and probably starts for a little bit is that they don't even have an offense that can really support Jameis Winston style. Like they don't have pass catchers. Yeah. So I always was leaning towards um, Winston to start, but after MT went down, I, I was kind of thought the same thing. Like, I don't know. Winston's great when he has great weapons. When he doesn't, it's like, is he getting like Trey Gwen Smith isn't Chris Godwin. Deontay Harris isn't Mike Evans, which he had before that. Like, like he just, and it's not the, it's not the same offense as it was in um, Tampa Bay. So I do lean Taysom Hill starting now because of the MT injury, which is, I mean, I, I'd rather Winston cause it's fun for him in fantasy, but if he's, if, if there's no one there to throw to, especially when they brought in Chris Hogan, they didn't bring in a golden Tate. They didn't bring in Alshon Jeffrey to you know try to you know if he's healthy that that's a big sign I think that's why it's Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think there's an outside chance that Trotman is their best pass catcher week one, and I think that's that if I think like in redraft weeks, if you are someone that likes to take a second tight end, I think this is a great year to take a second tight end super late to see if you can hit on someone in the first few weeks. I think Trotman's one of those top end, not top end obviously, but like one of the better big swings you can take way in a draft at tight end. Yeah, I was actually, I mean, all, all the points you guys made are great, and I can't really refute them anyway, but I was thinking the opposite, that Jameis Winston would get the start just so they could flex out Taysom Hill more often, either play him off the line or, or in a slot role. That's true. Just to give them somebody to <laughs> catch the ball. But uh, <laughs> that, I don't know. And they always that is have a good Ty point. Montgomery, who's sneaky, been on the team for like 10 years, though. Like, he <laughs> could play true. a slot role, flex out a running back out of nowhere, and you're like, where the hell has this guy been for the last 10 years? And yeah, who knows? But yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know that either one is more likely than the other. I think the points you guys made are just as valid. Um, Taysom Hill could probably work, you know, an NFL offense better with the given weapons that he has with Michael Thomas going down. Um, I also love Marcus Callaway. I think he has a tremendous upside, but um, it's probably, I don't know, it's probably Deontay Harris. They've, they've kept him around for a while. They like him there. I'd be stashing both guys for sure. And then Actually, it's it's like that Tom's not here. Tom owns Tracon Smith, Marcus Callaway, and Deontay Harris on in our dynasty league. Um, so I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna hit on one at least. So good for him. But um, you almost like wait, you wish that if you were doing that, he was also the Michael Thomas owner, which I know that he is not. <laughs> he's not. He's not the wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, I think that this is a, a stock up for lat, especially if. If Taysom Hill does play, we saw Latavius, you know, succeed very well with Taysom Hill and Kamara not as well for the first couple of weeks. But I think Kamara will be just fine, not as good with Breeze, but still a, a top five back. But Latavius could be more of the every week flex play than a pure handcuff. Like I, I kind of brought up, you know, Gus Edwards or Tony Pollard or Cream Hunt kind of guys i think latavius murray is one of those really easy cheap dynasty buys for contenders like 
he's like the perfect kind of bench running back you have just in case of injury or to fill in if you have a really contending team. I think Latavius Murray has been one of the most underrated football players in the last seven years that he's been in the league or six years he's been in the league. Might even be more than that. Yeah, I mean, he crushed it when he was with uh, Minnesota, then with the Raiders, and then every time Kamara's gone down, it seems like he's been a very viable starter uh, in, the, in the Saints offense. He's so, 31 years old. Low-key. Yeah, that's very – I mean, I mean, not a lot of miles on him compared to, you know, the other backs, but, I mean – He's also him. always been in, like, decent situations, so, I mean – Yeah. It, but, again, he's – done what's asked of him in in all regards like he came in the league and he was like a, a, almost a pounder he's such a big guy and then all of a sudden you see him catching passes and you're like oh my god the guy can do everything and now he's picking up run blocks as an experienced vet in the league or sorry pass blocks you don't pick up run blocks really as an h-back <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, think you want. I think the other thing to really hit on with the saints is like with drew Brees retired does the does the clock start ticking on sean payton like, I mean, we see these young NFL coaches coming in and taking over this league by storm. The gold coaches are on their way out, man. I think that, I mean, it's a Hall of Fame coaching, a head coach in Sean Payne, but I don't know. Maybe the game slipped him by a little bit here. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you're seeing a lot more of these head coaches get jobs at 31, 32 years old. Like, no longer are you really hiring the 50-year-old in his first head, head coach gig. It's, doesn't really play that way anymore. So, yeah, I mean, you could be very well onto something there that Peyton's done, new, new, uh, the new school is in. Right. Yep. Pretty crazy stuff, guys. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, is there any other, you know, thing with the Saints or any other injury news that we need to bring up? I think we uh, Devin Asiasi is on the pup. He's a fourth string tight end. And we're going to end the right <laughs> Is he really? I mean, yeah. yeah, the I, I mean, Curtis Samuel's on the uh, pup too. Yeah, I mean that'd be a big one, but he's expected to at least be back. Right. Point, right. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you're 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 gonna see a lot of fantasy relevant guys in the next week going the pup, and yeah, I wouldn't be too too concerned. I mean, it it happens every year. It depends how significant it is, but I mean, we'll know more probably next week about like everyone who's on the pup and how severe the injury actually is. And maybe it's just them to, you know, just to say, you know, just take time off. We'll see you week two in preseason. Yeah. What are we looking at for uh, days till week one of preseason? Oh, God. I, I, is it only through three weeks now? Uh, preseason? preseason week Thank one. God. It starts on August 5th. So it's like a week. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Nine days. You love to see it. You love to friggin' see but- it. Then there, I think then there's like what there's what like a week break after that too though, the Hall of Fame games like just to piss me off. Yeah, the Hall of Fame getting the end, and there's a week break I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, Derek, appreciate you coming on, filling in for the Penny Sisters as they uh, eat some Hershey chocolate down in Amish <laughs> country. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. It's good yeah, we're to do it work, again. Work the the fancy brain a little bit in the off hours. Always good. Oh, and yeah. now Derek's going to do like 85 mock drafts after this. <laughs> I, I, I fit him in in between meetings or when I don't have to talk <laughs> at work. Working from home is really easy with a second screen. <laughs> I feel like, uh, Derek, can you please there. respond to the uh, question that the CEO just asked you? Like, yeah, take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, email me. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, bye guys. Later, I'll see you guys. Um, yeah, it's a top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid, stay loose. You know you like that. You know you like that. You know you like.